Continuing our build-up to the Cricket World Cup and let's welcome now ICC Cricket World Cup 2019 Managing Director Mr. Steve Elworthy who joins us on the line. Mr. Elworthy, good evening, sir. Thank you very much for speaking to us here on SAFM. No worries at all. It's good to be on the show. Great stuff. 21 days away. Are you happy with the preparation since you started planning for this tournament? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's amazing to think that it's... Um, We've been planning it for for such a long time. If I think back as far as 2014, 2015, pre the uh, Cricket World Cup in Australia and New Zealand, we were keeping a close eye on that to see how their preparations were going. Um, and that it feels like it was just yesterday. And as you say, we, it's it's 21 days away. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty special. And yeah, plans are in place. Everything's uh, we're in a really good space. So. Uh, very happy and very proud of where we're at at the moment so, and pretty exciting actually I think that's the, the emotion that's taking over right now the, the excitement is in building incredibly um, for the first for the first couple of games that are coming up so yeah it's um, it's, it's a very good place to be well I'm glad you answered that because I was about to ask uh, at this stage is it nerves or is it excitement so it's just excitement yeah listen there is a clearly there's, there's, there's nerves because you plan you can plan um, as long as you like with these things. Um, and I've, I've been fortunate enough now, this is the, the sixth tournament I've been involved in in terms of running uh, these, these Cricket World, uh, World Cups, whether it be the 2020 or the Champions Trophies. Um, and you never really, you know, you can plan absolutely everything to the nth degree. But with all of these tournaments, as my experience tells me, there's always something that comes up during the tournament that you've got to think on your feet and you've got to uh, got to be prepared for. So there's a little bit of that. There's obviously a bit of nervousness, um, making sure that you know this is a it is the World Cup. Um, it is it is one of the biggest. I think it's labelled as it's the third biggest global sporting tournament in the world, um, which is which is huge. So there's a there's an element of nervousness, responsibility of delivering the tournament on behalf of of the, the fans and the players. So, um, but I think the key point is that we really should be thinking about how you actually enjoy it, because I think if you enjoy it, you do you, you really enjoy delivering the, the World Cup, and it's a, it, it, hopefully it'll end up being a fantastic tournament and showpiece uh, show event. Yeah, well, having been in charge of responsible for the Champions Trophy 2013-2017, the Women's World Cup in 2017, and that World T20 tournament that was here in South Africa, the first one in 07, uh, you've covered out a very successful career as an administrator, Mr. Elworthy. Was it always the plan after playing to go this route? No, I, I don't. It, it certainly wasn't. I think I always wanted to be involved in sport um, and stay involved in sport at the end of at the end of my career. Um, but it's just one of those things which happened. There was a, um, a towards the back end of my career when I retired in 2003, um, and I was busy discussing uh, extensions to my contracts with um, with the Titans and a, and a few different um, few different teams. Um, an opportunity came up at Cricket South Africa in the sponsorship and marketing, the sponsorship and commercial department, which um, I applied for, and uh, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to be appointed. Um, and then that was in 2003. Um, and then during the course of that build-up, those couple of years, uh, Cricket South Africa, South Africa rewarded that inaugural World T20, mm-hmm. um, and it happened to be part of my. 
I suppose, my job description and what I was currently doing for Cricket South Africa. And um, we, it ended up being an incredible tournament with a final between India and Pakistan at the Bullring, which was just yeah. outstanding. Um, and then it, I suppose that's what happened. The door opened and you step through it. And the next thing, you know, I was in, in London for two years um, on a contract to come and deliver the same tournament here in 2009. And that was nearly 12 years ago. So <laughs> time, has, time has flown and a couple of tournaments gone. So, it, you know, I don't think I could have ever mapped it out. It was just an incredible opportunity. Um, and I happened to just walk through the door and be at the right place at the right time. So incredibly fortunate to be, to be where I am now. And having overseen the first uh, World T20 uh, World Cup, what, what do you make of how this shorter format of the game has grown over the years? Yeah, it's incredible. You know, I think it's been unbelievable for the game. Um, and cricket has that way of innovating. Um, if I remember even as far back as uh, when I played county cricket um, across here in the UK in 96, you know, there was a 60-over format. There was a 55-over format. There was 50-overs. There was 45-overs, 40-overs. Um, and it's been those, those formats, I think, due to the time pressures that people have, people supporting, watching, um, it's just shortened again. And I think the 20-over competition really invigorated uh, a new domestic audience, which was incredible for all organizations around the world, all, all cricket federations around the world. So um, I think it's been fantastic for the game, um, and it, it, it has brought in a whole new audience. But I think you've ended up with these three formats now. So you've got test cricket, you've got the 50-over format, because um, they've now got rid of the Champions Trophy, um, and you've got T20. So I think it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a perfect blend of all three, actually. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, for those who've just joined us, we're catching up with former Proteas uh, bowler Steve Alworthy, now the Managing Director of the ICC Cricket World Cup 2019. If you want to join the conversation, you're always welcome at any time on 0891-104-207 or you can send WhatsApp voice notes on 061-4104-107. Let's have the conversation. WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. Still having a conversation with Steve Elworthy about the ICC Cricket World Cup and also looking at his journey from player to administrator. Now, Steve, you've done so well that you've been awarded with an order of the British Empire. Uh, that's a huge honor and I'm sure it's something you're very proud of. Yeah, absolutely. To be, to be fair, it's, um, you know... Again, you don't set out in, in administration. You don't set out when you're on this path. You're thinking about you're thinking about getting an honour and an award like that. Um, but uh, I, you know, it was it was for services to cricket. Um, and I think the beauty of that is because of these these tournaments that that have come to the UK and have run have engaged um, inc- new audiences that that really attracted a whole new diversity whether that be the Women's World Cup or all the different fans that come to the Champions Trophy and now the World Cup coming. Um, so, you know, it, it certainly is a, it's a huge honour, but it wouldn't be possible without, if I think of the journey of all the fantastic people that I've worked with over the course of the years who've, who've been responsible for delivering all of this. Um, you know, I've worked with some incredible teams and some incredible people um, that have helped do this and, and bring that dream come true. So it was, yeah, it was a huge honour. It was a fantastic day. 
um, at the palace to go and uh, to go and collect the to go and collect the honour. Um, but you know, it was it was it was a it was a really really special occasion. But uh, um, I'm hugely thankful for everybody who's helped contribute towards that. Definitely. Yeah, and well done and well deserved, uh, Steve. As as MD now of the ICC Cricket World Cup 2019, what exactly does your role entail? Yeah, it's. I suppose it's everything to do with the World Cup, really. Um, we've, you know, we, as I said, we started back in 2014 thinking about the World Cup. We still had the Champions Trophies and the Women's World Cup to run in 2017. Um, it was a, effectively, you've got this World Cup, you've got the format, you've got 10 teams all playing all, um, and you've got the basic structure of a tournament, and you've got to plan everything around it. So whether it's the... The, the safety and security plan, whether it's the volunteer program, it's the operational logistics of teams and team hotels, um, the sales, the selling of the ground, making sure you obviously you want full grounds and um, very vibrant, colourful, noisy crowds. So you, you plan it. You start at the beginning and you plan everything. Nicely. So it, it encompasses um, absolutely putting everything this, this, that's required from a tournament point of view, putting it all on. Um, so I've got a team of around about 120 odd people um, who are responsible for doing that, um, and they are we're, we're based in at Lords here um, at, in London, and um, we started off smallish. We were probably around about 10 to 15, um, and then we've built up over the over the course of the last couple of years. And I say now we're we're about 120 responsible for for delivering that, um, and then there are probably maybe 30 to 40 people at all the different venues. So we're using 11 venues up and down the country um, that are also working on Cricket World Cup. So, yeah, it's a, it's a fairly big team, but um, it's a hugely exciting project. So so what does it mean? Does it mean you, you are employed by the ICC or the England and Wales Cricket Board, or are you in between? Are you basically the link between those two? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a um, it's a fascinating role because it is it's between the two. Um, the ICC obviously uh, are the are the event owner, so they mm-hmm. they own the Cricket World Cup, um, and then they've appointed the England Wales Cricket Board as the host for the 2019 World Cup. Then what the England Wales Cricket Board have to do is appoint somebody to run the tournament on their behalf and recruit a team and put a plan together, and that's that's effectively my role. So as an organising committee in the middle, we are uh, we, we're responsible for the delivery of the tournament on behalf of the ICC in Dubai and obviously the England Wales Cricket Board here at Lords. So it is it is a bit of a, 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 a relationship in the middle between the two. Okay. And what's the theme then for this uh, World Cup, Steve? Yeah, listen, to, we've... One of the things that I think we've really tried to do from the outset um, this tournament is actually um, try and scope out what the tournament looks like when it comes tournament time. And I think from our point of view, it's about it, it really it's about immersing the country in cricket is what we wanted to do. It's what we wanted to set out at the beginning. Um, we, yeah, the Cricket World Cup in Australia and New Zealand were blessed with um, with very large stadiums. So if you yeah. think about the MCG, that it's 95,000 people can go to the MCG. Um, so there are a couple of very big stadiums there. Whereas here in the UK, our biggest venue is only 25,000, 26,000. Um, so we don't there, there's from a, an availability from a tickets point of view, not a there's. We just don't have the size and scale. So our view was to try and make sure that the country came alive with Cricket World Cup. And the only way we were going to do that was ensure that we had a schools program, 
we had club program, we had all the counties involved, um, and then clearly from a national point of view, you wanted the 10 teams plus and, and the ground then full. So, you know, it, it's really about bringing the country to life through Cricket World Cup fever. Um, and one of the, the key elements of this, it's a massive opportunity, um, is, is getting more people to play the game. Mm. Um, and I think that's something I'm incredibly passionate about, obviously, as a past player. We want more and more people to play the game. We want it healthy. We want, uh, we want it vibrant. We want, and so we've, we've set out um, in, rela- in partnership with the ECB um, to ensure that a million under-16 uh, kids in this country will have exposure to Cricket World Cup, be that uh, through schools programs, clubs programs, being able to come and watch Cricket World Cup matches at venues and or they can experience it in fan zones and inner city activations that we've got built up and down the country during the course of the tournament. So it's definitely a new audience, but really it's about getting more, more, more kids playing the game. Um, you know, of, of the 800,000 tickets we've got to sell um, across the tournament, uh, we've said that we want 100,000 under-16s to be able to come and experience a World Cup game. Um, and that is, that's, that's incredibly important. You know, we had 3.2 million ticket applications um, for, for this tournament, for all the games. So it just shows the demand. So, um, yeah, that, that, that probably, if you're thinking of themes, that's, that's, that's where I'm at with it. And I think we, we're well on track with that. So that, that the numbers are looking incredibly good. That's good to hear. You mentioned stadiums earlier on in the stadiums in Australia and New Zealand. There was talk about cricket using the Olympic Stadium now, the London Stadium. Why did that fall through? Yeah, we did have a look at that. And that was because we were trying to think about how we could increase capacity. Um, you know, the London Stadium has a capacity of just under 70,000 people. Um, and that would have made it, if we got it across the line, it would have made it the third biggest uh, cricket venue in the world, probably behind the MCG um, and Calcutta in India. Um, a lot of the others are between 55 and 60,000. So it probably would have been up there of the 70, just over 70,000, just under 70,000. But actually what happened, and funnily enough, the stadium is an incredibly, it's a fantastic stadium. Mm. Um, and it is big enough to hold cricket, um, which is which was the, why we investigated it and why it took so long finally at the end of the day that we didn't go ahead with it because it just became cost prohibitive to actually put cricket into the stadium. We didn't want to charge ticket prices which kept people away. We wanted tickets to be affordable. Um, but the cost of actually putting infrastructure into that stadium, uh, you know, we had to two, three years ago, I was in New Zealand um, and Australia looking at dropping pitch technology so, you know, discussing, because a lot of the venues in Australia and New Zealand use drop-in pitches, um, which allowed them to play more cricket uh, on, on the same square. So I was looking at whether or not we could build these drop-in pitches in the UK, and then we could drop them into the London Stadium, and we could play there. And I commissioned five of them. So we've got five drop-in pitches growing currently in the UK, which we were going to use. That's how serious we were about it. But unfortunately, at the end of the day, it was just cost too much to put cricket infrastructure into that stadium, uh, be that the media facilities, the replay screens, the scoreboards, um, 360 LEDs, uh, all of that infrastructure mm. would have just cost far too much. And we weren't prepared to adjust the ticket prices to, um, to accommodate that. So we, we eventually uh, decided against it. Mm-hmm. 
If you've just joined us, we're talking to Steve Elwood, the former Proteus uh, bowler, of course, and now uh, the ICC Cricket World Cup 2019 Managing Director, just getting the state of readiness ahead of the tournament, uh, which uh, gets underway. Well, the first game, England and South Africa at the Oval on the 30th of May. We're going to take a quick break, Steve, and we'll wrap up afterwards. Let's have the conversation. 0891-104-207. Still on SAFM, spot on talking to Steve Elworthy. Steve, in your previous interview, you spoke you, you, interviews, you spoke a lot about diversity leading up to the World Cup with a strong Asian community in England that loves their cricket, of course. Is this one of the goals also to use this World Cup to bring these cultures uh, together? Remember, there was an 11-point action plan that was spoken about. Yes, exactly right. So that it is it is part of it, and I think something that I've noticed um, as far back as 2009, the World T20, yeah. um, a lot of these supporters uh, out, uh, they're obviously they're incredibly passionate cricket fans, um, but they really only follow the global tournament. So they were we saw that they they came to to the 2009. They came to the Champions Trophy in 13 and 17, and now in 2019. So they are a very engaged cricket audience, um, but not, and they they're not necessarily involved in in English cricket itself. But the thing about it is, this, these tournaments um, attract because you've got the, all the different teams. So the Champions Trophy has got eight teams in it, with eight, obviously eight different nationalities, and there's ten teams with West Indies and Afghanistan qualifying. Um, you've got an incredibly diverse audience out there. and There's a diverse uh, population within the UK. So we are, are definitely seeing an attraction to, these, to this global tournament. And it's very important because, um, you know, when that support and that, that vibrancy and that noise and that colour, when you get into the stadium of these fans supporting their team that potentially may not see them on these shores for the next five, six, seven, eight years, um, is, is hugely important to the atmosphere in the ground, but also for them to be able to support the team. Um, and sport, as we know, is an incredible unifier. Mm. So it's fantastic to be able to see all of these different uh, cultures in this ground at the same time and, and cheering and supporting cricket, which I think is a fantastic thing. So hugely important, the diversity of the game and actually using the, the, the sport to get into those, those areas. And what's your take on this revamped World Cup? Now 10 uh, teams, basically everybody plays each other once and the top four goes to the knockout, to the semifinals, I, I guess. Yeah, it's, listen, from, a, from an organisational point of view, it's, um, it's, it's a perfect format because you know exactly who plays who. It's, everybody plays nine group games and you're fighting for the top four spots into a semifinal and a final. Um, and I think that, um, that, that is, it, it's a perfect format from a, an organisational point of view because fans know where their teams are going to play. Mm. I think in the past we've probably seen it go into super six stages yeah. or you carry points through. You're never sure who's going to play where um, and how that works. Now, from an ICC point of view, I know it's a 10-team tournament and there's been a lot spoken about it. Um, but I think it's always, you know, I think of the World Cups and I've done a bit of research on this. Cricket World Cups have been as few as eight teams in the past, but as many as 16. Mm. So there's been quite a few, you know, it has changed and it changes on a, on a four-year four cycle. Um, but I think it's a, it's a really good format because the, the decision at the time when they reduced it from, I think when I played in 99, it was 12 teams, you know, when it was reduced to 10, they increased the number of teams playing in the World T20 from 12 to 16. 
So they saw the, I think they saw the, the 20 over format as a format that would help develop the game. Whereas this was the, the pinnacle event, it was the World Cup and it was the best 10 teams playing. But, you know, I, I was, I, I saw how much it meant to the players when we saw the qualifier tournament in Zimbabwe and you saw the likes of Scotland, Ireland, Zimbabwe not qualifying. Um, and Afghanistan and the West Indies, and the West Indies. Did, and we saw what it meant to the players. It was huge. Um, so, yeah, listen, I think from a tournament point of view, I think it's a perfect format. You mentioned ticket sales earlier on that uh, there were lots of applications. Are they still available? How do people get their hands on tickets? Yeah, they are. They're not many. I need to, honestly, there's not a lot uh, floating around. I think the best thing to do if you wanted to have a look was to go either onto the icc-cricket.com forward slash tickets website or go on it's the same website, but look for the resale platform, um, which we've launched an official resale platform, which is selling tickets at face value and not at inflated prices. Um, but there's not a huge amount left because, as I said, you know, you think of um, 3.2 million people applied for tickets and um, we only have 800,000 tickets, of which about 150,000 belong to sponsors and broadcasters. So we've only got 650,000 tickets to, to, to move, to sell. Um, and you think of the games, you know, the final here at Lords, yeah. we had 250,000 applications for the final here, and it's a 25,000 seater. Um, India, Pakistan, up at Old Trafford, over 400,000 applications for that game. Um, so the number of applications for the high demand games are, you know, high demand games are it's difficult. You're not going to be able to find tickets for those. But there's still other games um, where tickets are available. But if people are still interested, um, definitely have a look because we're getting tickets back from partners and boards who are not using them yeah. on a weekly basis, and we keep on just putting it out onto the uh, onto the onto the resale platform. So yeah, hugely positive. And fan zones, fan parks. Yes, we've got fan zones up and down the country. We've got eight of them in eight of the cities, plus we've got two mass participation events in Cardiff and in Bristol, um, and they will be live when matches are live in that city. Um, so the fan zones will have big screens. You can watch the cricket. Um, there'll be places to play cricket. There's kids' activations, whether it's bowling, batting, running, sprinting, throwing, catching. We've got all of those activations happening um, in the fan zones. There's places to get food and drink and sit and watch the cricket. You can come in and out as you please. They're free, um, and they're in the middle of all these cities up and down the country. So um, anybody who can't get tickets, they can get themselves into the, into the middle of these cities and, and go and experience the World Cup um, across, across the country when they live. So hugely important part of it. Great stuff, uh, Steve. 48 games over 60 days in 11 venues. We wish you all the best. And thank you very much for finding time to speak to us here in on SAFM in South Africa to give us an update. It seems like you are ready and you are well prepared and we hope that everything goes well. Brilliant. Great speaking to you. Thanks to me, sir. Thank you. That's Steve Alworthy, MBE, by the way. Uh, of course, has an order of the British Empire uh, speaking to us here about the World Cup. And that's it. That's our time, folks. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow between 6 and 7 on Flashback Fridays. Thank you.